Hey folks, it's Tomo, Sean, and Andrew from What's Going On Here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Or wherever you stream your favorite podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's Going On Here. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. My name is Tomo Lovrick, or T-Love, as I am known in gopher hunting circles. And with me, as always, I have the young, the aerodynamically sleek, the king without a country, the chancellor without an advisor, the lord marshal without an army, the young Mr. Sean Quigley a.k.a. The Quig, as he is known in ventilator manufacturing circles. How are you, sir? How are you, Sean? Uh, doing good. Ventilating uh, circles, it's been crazy. You it's would been crazy. You tick in that industry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Not soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> And with us, as always, we have the, uh, 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 you know, it just occurs to me, Andrew's nickname should be Face, like on the A-Team. He's the guy of the A-Team. He's, he's the one that we show the face because he's, he's just this handsome guy. He makes us a watchable show now, and that's why we're doing this show on YouTube for you in seclusion from COVID. Young Mr. Andrew Albagees or AA, as he is known in balloon manufacturing circles. How are you, sir, Andrew? How, how's things in the balloon manufacturing sector right I'm now? Doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, sadly, people are throwing less parties due to ah. the COVID incident. And therefore, we've taken a little bit of a hit in the balloon manufacturing industry. But, uh, you know, we've got a GoFundMe page up and running, and people okay. are very generous. So... That's great. That's great. Uh, just to throw an idea out there, sex parties have gotten up higher. Now it's all within the family, but I'm sure if you market it correctly, and you're a marketing guy, you <laughs> should be able to sell some of these balloons to, to these sex people in the Midwest. I'm the sure. majority of the sex parties are taking place via video conference, similar to what we're doing right now. So if anyone has any ideas for uh, balloons in video, yeah. how to utilize the best in video chats. Are you kidding me? Dude, it's, it's, it's almost like the lottery. You put all the balloons and you pop them with pins to see what you get. I mean, we almost had a balloon popping thing with Sean earlier. I mean, we almost got the full prize. So, I mean, there you go. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Andrew's disgusted. We're two minutes into the episode. Andrew's done. All right. Anyway, folks, for those of you that don't know what we do on our show, this is a podcast, but we're doing a video because of COVID, because we have been sequestered with COVID. But, however, what we usually do is we find a subject in the popular zeitgeist, something to talk about, we break it down, and most importantly, we uh, review adult beverages. Um, 
what we are in the middle of, of or in the second round of is what we do annually is we do the brackets to kind of coincide with the final four. Sadly, there's no final four, so these are the only brackets in town you want to talk about, except for that lousy backstage. Did you get? I, I showed you guys that backstage bracket thing yeah. where they had like Beyonce as one of the best actresses of all times on a bracket. Yeah, it was strange. But anyway, so we're counting down the top Spielberg movies, okay? And we already did the first round, and what we have in the Elite Eight here is E.T. versus the Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, The Last Crusade versus Jurassic Park, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, or Kingdom of the Garbage Fire, as I like to call it, versus Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Jaws versus the Color Purple. Those are our Elite Eight before we go and try to determine what is the best Steven Spielberg movie. Now, these are his movies that he directed, and the numbers we got are from U.S. domestic numbers. Uh, Adjusted for inflation, of course. And that's where we are. And, of course, our adult beverage for this episode, for the second round of the What's Going On Here Best Tournament, is a Brooklyn Lager. Look at that. How do you do? And this is a 5.2% alcohol by volume lager. We will now um, pop these suckers open in coordinated fashion. Gentlemen, start your bottle caps. Andrew, you want to count All us right. down like last time? Three, two, one. Oh. 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 It's this the is, bottle opener. It's the, it's the bottle. Of course it is. Of course Maybe it's, it's science. You're, you're the science guy, Tamo. In uh-huh. my screen, my Brooklyn Lager is backwards, but all yours is forwards. No, mine's backwards on mine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, you know what? It's right just a mirror image of your own. Because right yeah. now, yours are forward and mine is backwards. Interesting. Uh, you see that? <laughs> Cheers. Oh, yes. Yeah. Cheers, gents. Cheers. Oh, look at this. It's, oh, that's a lovely amber color. It looks like somebody has a cold and peed. This is really, really. <laughs> okay. This is, all right, I'm going to taste this lager. <laughs> This is a nice lager. Kind of decent carbonation, not bad. Flavorful. Hmm. I'd say the Sam Adams lager is better. Just offhand here, but a very drinkable lager nonetheless. Mm -hmm. All right, gentlemen, let's just dive right into it. Who are we going, left to right? Right to left, bottom top. What are we doing? Same, How are we breaking same, this down? Same order as we did last last round. You want to do the same order? All right. So that puts us um, E.T. versus the Temple of Doom. Oh. Who wants to start? Andrew, why don't you start since I'm chewing? All right. Um, I. This is a tough one. E.T. versus Temple of Doom. So I did... In the last round, I did vote against Temple of Doom, but again, I will, I will say uh, Temple of Doom is a great movie. And while people, like we said last time, sometimes people kind of shit on it as being the worst indie movie, and we all agree it's still a great movie. All of that said, E.T. 
as I, as I got into a little bit in the last round, um, I think is one of Spielberg's greatest movies. Um, I don't know. There's something about it that, uh, that for me is a, is a sort of genre defining film in a lot of ways. Um, it's a, it's got like a, almost a magical quality, a very like uplifting feel good quality to it. Um, I don't know that for me is that is uh, for me arguably one of his best movies. So um, love Indiana Jones. And again, I think Temple of Doom is much better than it ever gets credit for, but I got to definitely go with E.T. Okay. John? Um, I, I've not seen E.T. in, in many years, actually. Um, not since I was a kid. Um, again, it's one of those movies my wife doesn't want to watch. She, she saw clips of it when she was a kid, she saw a little bit. And it, it creeped her out. Like she was a sensitive kid and she just remembers the government coming and she remembers it being scary and she didn't, she doesn't, she's not interested. So, but. See Thomas Howell, by the way, I discovered. I did not know he was in it. Who? See Thomas Howell was in it. Ray Don mm-hmm. Charles' husband. I have no idea who either of those people are. He was Pony Boy in The, law, in the Outsiders. The movie that came out in the 80s with all of the, like Tom Cruise, um, Patrick Swayze, Matt Dillon, uh-huh. um, Emilio Estevez, like the new Rat Pack. Yeah. C. Thomas Howell was in that. Oh, anyway, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I loved E.T. as a kid. It was great. And I think, I think, it, again, I think without E.T., we wouldn't have a lot of the things we have now. Stranger Things would be, you know, there are other movies. I, I, I had, I'm trying to think of the chronology. I was trying to think earlier. I was trying to put in my head Goonies, Stranger, Goonies, E.T. and Gremlins. As Goonies, far as Goonies, it's, it's E.T., Gremlins, Goonies. Goonies okay, so was like 85, I think. So E.T. definitely kicked this off then. Because... I was thinking this earlier when you were talking when we were talking about ET um, in the last episode. There are movies I think I'll, I prefer mm. that are in the same world. I personally prefer Gremlins to ET. It's different because it's more adult, but in that kind of world. And I personally prefer Goonies for the same reason. Yeah. And I think there are more seminal movies, family movies of the time that are better, like Back to the Future. You know, I think there are other important movies that are better movies, but I really loved E.T. as a kid. Um, And there's so many just iconic moments, whether it's the E.T. stuff or just the bike, even like, you know, the Amblin. Yeah, um, right. You know. That's very iconic. And I think it has to win over Indiana Jones almost just for the score. Like, just because we already we have the Raiders March, we have Indiana Jones with the other movies, but if you take away ET, you don't have that. It's just oh, it's like so. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it it's it's almost one of the best montage movies for that. I, I think of all the Spielberg movies that you could put into like a fifteen second trailer montage you just play that music and you see him first discovering et 
And then we've got E.T. and then flying over. And they'd be like, don't take him away, he's mine. And it, like you could snip it in and they'll be like, oh, E.T. Like, it, there's so many. I mean, like I said, I, I thought the movie was actually a very schlocky movie in terms of, like, from an adult perspective because I have never seen E.T. before I watched it for this. Um, Did you see the audition footage? It's now very famous of him auditioning, Henry Thomas. Henry, Henry Thomas? No. E.T.? Worth watching. Um, it came out a few years ago when they did like DVD footage for it or something, and now it's kind of famous. It went around the internet a lot. No, they was... cast another kid. It's very much like Back to the Future in that way. They cast another kid as Elliot, and they turned up for the table reads and like rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And Spielberg was sitting in the table read, and he at lunch they broke for lunch, and he noticed that all the kids were like hanging out and playing with each other and none of the kids were hanging out with the kid playing with Elliot who played Elliot. He realized that like this kid, no, the kids don't like him. Like he's just not like, he was a good performer. He was a good actor, but he just is a bit, they don't, he doesn't, he's not a good kid. Like he's almost like he's too much of an actor. He's not enough of a kid. Right. He was like, then and then he's like, he's the wrong kid. We need a kid. Right, right, right. And they went last minute to try and find a replacement for Elliot. And uh, the producers, they said, they said, look, there's this kid we just worked with in this short film. He'd been doing theater down in like Dallas. And they went down to Dallas and like that weekend, Spielberg flew down to Dallas and screen tested Henry Thomas. And the audition is online. You can watch it and I recommend it. it. All it is, is Spielberg just sets out and he explains to Henry Thomas, he has no idea what it is. It's a, he does no lines. He says, right, kid, okay. So this is Alien, and uh, he's come down, and he's your best friend, and you love this alien, and people have come. These men have come, and they're taking him away. And you don't know why they're taking him away, but they're going to take him away, and you don't want them to. Um, go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, and he just sort of looks down for a minute, and then like looks up kid on camera and he just starts crying and he's just like you can't take him away he's my friend like you can't and then spielberg is doing the lines he's like no but we gotta take it sorry kid we gotta take him away and he's just like but no he's my friend and it's like incredible and you're watching it and all of a sudden you hear them crying spielberg and like whoever it is in the room they all start crying and then and then literally spielberg breaks this is like 15 seconds of the audition spielberg just goes you got it, kid. You got it. <laughs> That's awesome. Only time ever he's ever in the room. He's just cast someone on the spot. It was like, the role is yours. And it's incredible. And I think so much of why that movie is so good comes down to that. Um, yeah. That, that, that is, that is a, re- a really touching thing. I'm still voting for Temple of Doom because I thought it was just <laughs> locking and shit. But I mean... <laughs> But since you guys are both voting for E.T., E.T. goes on. I thought, like I said, I thought, again, what I I love doing these exercises because you really get to just see how the different either directors approach it or what the director's approach is. I thought this one in particular is really good as a study for Steven Spielberg because, like I said, to me, what stands out to me about Spielberg's work is mood and character. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I mean, sometimes it works fantastically, like Saving Private Ryan. It's a character study, the whole movie. Like from one character to the other, like all the guys in the unit, 
Tom Hanks as the captain, you know, <laughs> even when they get to, uh, uh, what's his face, Ryan at the end, you know, like, and his unit, like, who's the guy in charge? Oh, this dude who's a corporal who's like 22 because everyone else is dead because we've been trying to save this bridge kind of stuff. Um, E.T., I thought, was especially towards the end, like when the riding and the Amblin symbol with the bike and, and, and just flying and all of that, it, it, it just evokes a good feeling. I mean, and there's young Drew Barrymore. She was cute as a button. She was fantastic in it. Henry Thomas was fantastic in it. His brother was good in it. All yeah. the kids, like I said, it's, it's, it, I said that in the first round. This is the only movie I think I've ever seen where all the kids outacted all the adults. Like the adults were like, their acting was passing at best compared to, like the mother, I thought she was terrible. It was like, are you their mother or the babysitter? Who are you? I, I mean, it was just really just not, you know, the whole thing. My dad's in Mexico and it was just like, eh, whatever. Okay. But I mean, I see why people have such a nostalgic memory of it because especially if you saw it as a kid, I didn't. I saw it the first time a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> And I'm a middle-aged, you know, zilch. So, I mean, who cares what I think? But, I mean, I thought Temple of Doom, as, as, a, as a movie viewing fan, Temple of Doom to me is way more entertaining and way more engaging than E.T. was. E.T. evokes way better happy feelings, you know, make you sad, all that stuff. I'd vote for Temple of Doom, but I'm not going to be upset about E.T. going on. Hmm. Yeah. Um, All right. All right. Hey, now here's the fact. Yeah. When Sean, Sean, you were talking about the score, it got me thinking of just a fun fact I wanted to throw out there. Of all the movies on our list, all 16 of them, The Color Purple is the only film that wasn't scored by John Williams. Hmm. Every other one on this list, and pretty much with the exception of a couple here and there, almost every movie that Spielberg has done, John Williams has scored. That's interesting because now that you mention it, I couldn't even tell you what the score for Color Purple was. It's great. It's really great. It almost, it has a John Williams-y vibe to it in a way. And I only, I only think I'm really realizing that because I was looking it up before I watched Color Purple. I was looking up, okay, who did this score? Every movie I watched and it was John Williams, John Williams. So before I watched Color Purple, I was like, did he do this too? Because otherwise he would have done everything on the list. And I saw that he didn't. Um, I'll pull it up because we'll give a shout out to the gentleman who did. Um, but so then I was kind of like hyper aware watching the movie, trying to pay attention to the score, maybe more okay. than I would have. And it is, it is, it's unique to this movie, but it does have a, a John Williamsy sort of vibe in a way. Um, okay. Let me see. I'll pull it up. Quincy Jones did the score for The Color Purple. Ah, that makes sense. That's a good move. It's, in, it's funny. It's makes, yeah, that is a good, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I miss John Williams though. I miss the cinematic scores. Like I said, give me a good cinematic Williams-esque score in a movie. It makes just, I mean, think about it. Jaws. Think, think about the mood that set. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? I'm just Indiana, saying. Raiders. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E.T. Each part in particular. Like, the, if I have to sit through the fucking Oscars and see, like, Usher nominated for best fucking score or whatever the crap that they usually <laughs> have a pop star and they're like, Bruno Mars did the score to this fucking... No, he did. 
Bruno Mars did the line to this, not the score. <laughs> it, it, it's like it, now that best original song is more important than best score now at the Oscars because yeah. yeah. that's where the money is. And it's so yeah. bullshit. It's like yeah, there I mean, never used to be original songs in movies. <laughs> Who yeah. gives a fuck? <laughs> like, unless it's a musical, just make well, a musical. You know, I mean, that being said, it's hilarious how people will just go to a movie theater to watch a live orchestra play the scores while the movie's in the background. Because that's a thing now. That's been around actually for a good 10, 15 years where they're like, oh, come see Star Wars and, you know, the Philadelphia Harmonic will be, Phil Harmonic will be playing it live there. Like, what? what? I've been wanting to do one of those. I've never been. It sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Especially for like so, Star Wars or a great movie like that with a great score. I'd love to see that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is big, that Lord of the Rings, all those ones that up there. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then the next one is so ET goes on. ET's our first uh, final four. The next one is this is I, if you ask me, the tough, the really really tough one. Of of, well, I guess the other one was when the two garbage fires went against each other. It didn't matter. But this is the tough one because it's the Last Crusade versus Jurassic Park. Oh. These are both excellent movies. Who wants to start? Not it. <laughs> okay. Tell you what, I'll start then because mm. I'm such a reserved guy who's quiet all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, like I said, this is really, really tough. Jurassic Park is one of those movies, one of two movies that I went to see twice. And part of it was because I was just blown away by all the dinosaurs and, and the effects in the movie. I thought it was just really good. And re-watching it again and just seeing, just from this point in my life, just watching the acting that everybody did and just how well it was done. Sam Neill, Laura Dern, the kids, uh, even uh, what's I, Wayne... Um, Newman from Seinfeld. He was great as just a scummy little guy that, that just went to, to rock, you know? Um, the movie was so good. It was so... Uh, Jeff Goldblum was just very Jeff Goldblum. He's always the same guy. He's the movie star, too. You know, it's like, it'd be interesting to see Jeff Goldblum not be Jeff Goldblum in the movie. Because he's the same guy in Jurassic Park, in 187, in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. It's always Jeff Goldblum. You know, it, he's always the same kooky guy. It, it's just, that's just his thing. That being said, I would have to give the edge on this one to The Last Crusade. Simply because, I mean, if, if Raiders was the one that introduced it and made this whole, like, genre-bending thing, and like we said in the last ep episode, Sean Connery's performance to me in this is what will keep it clutch going the whole way. Because, you know, you're used to him being James Bond. You're used to him being always this tough guy. You're just a movie star. And to play this just doddering old professor, and the chemistry that the two of them had was just so genuine. <laughs> like that reaction that he gets when he busts through the window in the castle and he gets cracked in the knot with the vase and Sean Connery hits him. He's a junior. And he just kind of stands up and says, Yes, sir. You know, like, kind of like, because he's, like, dazed and he'd be... It is you! It is you, Junior! Well, it breaks the heart. 
and the head, you know, that whole thing. Well, I didn't trust her. Why did you? They both banged the same girl. I mean, it's just like, all, like that whole, and I mean, one of my favorite scenes is actually on the Zeppelin when Sean Connery's reading the paper and Harrison Ford is going on. It's like, it was a hard way to grow up for you too. And he's just like, do I sense a rebuke? And, and then he's just like, okay, let's talk. And he just stares at him. And he, Like, he doesn't know what to do. It's just like, oh, well, let's get on with it then. There's nothing. You had a great childhood. That All of that, Cambridge, especially considering that Harrison Ford initially lobbied hard not to have Sean Connery in the role. Because really, he, he was very, very adamant against him because there was only some 10 years between them. Right. And he was like, it's, it's, it's not going to work. He's only 10 years older than me. It's going to be crap, blah, blah, blah. And that whole chemistry, that, the scene where he, they, they're on the motorcycle and he says, Jesus Christ, and Sean Connery slaps him and he says, that's for blasphemy. That whole interaction, it was like, it was such father-son stuff that it was just, to me, was just so great. That, that's why I would just go for Last Crusade over Jurassic Park. Wow. Yeah. I, I this is a tough one. So I'm with you on everything you said. Uh, all the points you make about Jurassic Park, all the points you make about Last Crusade. I think Last Crusade, like we said on the uh, on in the last round, arguably the most enjoyable uh, Indiana Jones film. I think it, in a lot of ways, it was sort of a, a victory lap for yeah. you know Spielberg and Harrison Ford and all of them, and it, it's everything you could want in a in an Indiana Jones film. I cut class to see that movie. FYI, what? I cut class to see that movie. I was a senior in high school when it came out. I cut class to see that movie. Wow. It's got to be yeah. maybe the best third. Oh, yeah. Really? I can't think of anything else. Maybe Police Academy 3. That, no, that's... Yeah. That's... Um, all of that said, I think you still have... You still have two other really good Indiana Jones movies. Whereas Jurassic Park... Granted, there are sequels and there's the whole Jurassic World reboot and everything else, but none of that captures the essence of that movie like that original does. You know, none of the other ones come even come close. Um, and I, and like I said, in the last round, the last time we talked about it, I think Jurassic Park in a lot of ways is like quintessential Spielberg in that it ticks every box. Um, you know, it's got the kind of horror, scary element um amazing visual effects it's got great great performances great child performances yeah. um it's got that sort of magical element where it takes you to a whole nother world etc cetera, etc cetera. in that the way we just talked about et and sean when you kind of talked about how iconic it is and the sort of what you think of when you think of like a, an amblin movie mm. i feel like that jurassic park fits in that and that sort of magic take you to a whole new world type of, not like Aladdin, but you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that type of story and, and just uh, the escapism in a movie like that. So love Indiana Jones. And again, tough because Last Crusade is probably the most fun of all three of those movies. So this is not an easy decision, but I have to say Jurassic Park. Wow. Sean, pressure's on you. You're the tiebreaker guy. 
Oh, that's it's so hard. Like, I, God, I agree with everything. Like, <laughs> I, I like like Jurassic Park was the first. You know, cinematically, I didn't see the only only saw Crystal Skull was the only Indiana Jones movie I saw in the movie theaters. Um, Jurassic Park was like is like the quintessential cinematic experience for me because I remember seeing it. It was the first thing I remember seeing, and then I also got to see it. I used to work in a big IMAX screen in London. It was the, it's the biggest screen in Europe. I used to work there and we used to have all these movie premieres. And it was one of the most fun jobs I ever had because we just used to fuck around and watch movies and get to meet really famous people. And, and get paid. And get paid. It was great. Um, and we were unionized, so they can't do shit. No one ever did any fucking work and they couldn't touch us. Perfect. It was all artists. It was all actors and writers. Shut up. You're ruining America right now by yeah. saying that. Yeah. Just shut up and say it was wonderful. Shut up. And, um, it was but I was there and they had a re-release they did a 20th anniversary re-release of Jurassic Park on the IMAX screen yeah. I was like oh fuck this movie's so good like it, it such a brilliant movie um, the, but like I said I mean Last Crusade yeah, it's incredible it's, you know incredible I, I, I think I think I have to go with Last Crusade, even though I am biased because it was like my favorite movie growing up. And I knew every line, like as we were going back and forth, I knew every line as a kid. I used to watch that movie and said lines before they came out. And my dad would sit next to me and he would be like, oh. But the testament to that is my dad would still sit next to me and watch the movie, even though I got to the point where I knew every line in it. He <laughs> would do that with Jurassic Park. He would have got bought. He wouldn't just sit through Jurassic Park a hundred right, times. Right, right. He would sit through Last Crusade a hundred times. Yeah. And for the same reason, you could take everything that goes on Jurassic Park, the, the mythical elements, the Nazis, the fighting, the action, you could take all of that out and still just have Tarantino-esque dialogue scenes with Harrison and Sean. Like just, you could just have that and it still holds up. Jurassic Park, I would argue, needs... The dinosaurs. Yeah, it does. It totally. You have some entertaining scenes, but it doesn't, it's not the same. It doesn't hold up. And also, I would argue that for kids or generations now, younger, not even younger, but like people who are like teenagers now, I think they would look at Jurassic Park and I think they would say, I don't know why that's better than Jurassic World with Chris Pratt. Mm. Like, I think that's better. I prefer this one, right? Uh, yeah, that other one. Whereas I can't think of anything that is the real equivalent of Last Crusade that someone could watch and be like, this is better than that. Like, like you said, The Mummy maybe, but still generationally that doesn't really split anywhere. But I just think that is, it's the perfect movie of that event. I think you could sit anyone in front of Last Crusade and they would just go along with it. Whereas Jurassic Park, I mean, it, for our generation, you know, for having known it and sat through the shitty sequels and seen Jurassic World and going, yeah, I did a pretty good job, but still it's not the same. But right. if your first experience was Jurassic World, I don't think you go back to Jurassic Park and go, oh no, that's better. I think you just go, huh, well, that's where that came from. Whereas right, right. I just don't think that would happen. I feel like people will go back to that and be like, Oh, that's a really fun movie. You know, I, I just think it, 
it wins for that for me. Okay. Yeah. All right. So last crusade. I mean, that was a tough one, but last crusade goes on. All right. Okay, so then we go up to uh, – we don't even have to really talk about this. This is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Garbage Fire versus Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> I mean, this is literally – I'm trying to think of – oh, anything Star Wars after Return of the Jedi with the exception of Rogue One. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is how bad this sequel is. Crystal Skull to me is like, I guess, what was this? What was the second one called? The Clone Wars? Was the second one called mm -hmm. the Clone Wars? Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Thank you. Yeah. That's what Crystal Skull is in, 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 in the Indiana Jones pantheon. It's like you thought Phantom Menace was bad, but wait, it gets worse. You know, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's Raiders. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, Crystal Skull is just absolute shit, and, and Raiders was a, a genre-defining move. Yeah, I think you covered it all right there. It, the most depressing thing about this showdown, unfortunately, and I'm not even just being, like, ironic or just being trying to make a joke. I honestly believe in the current climate of Hollywood and how it works out, if... Uh -huh sat down now maybe not now but like certainly 10 years ago or five years ago you sit down in a hollywood studio and you have the script production design whatever for crystal skull and then raiders they're making crystal skull oh without a doubt <laughs> they're not making raiders like no, that ancient aliens is king i do you not watch that show that's a fantastic show what is yeah. this <laughs> other one you've got where it's like it's kind of it's a bit dark and it's like it, it's a bit adult this is too adult for kids but it's also just kind of like i don't know and what's all this god stuff god the ark of the covenant what's this shit is this a jewish thing what the fuck is this was Moses? like no 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 we're gonna have the fucking people coming after us uh, uh nazis oh fuck well, you can't do nazis in a movie at, what are you talking no <laughs> anymore whereas the other one would be like aliens i love it Great. Right. All right. Aliens. Russians? Yeah. Fucking hate the Russians. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's so good. Can I just point out, like, one of my least favorite or most hated parts of that Garbage Fire movie <laughs> is the natives just living embedded in clay, waiting for Indiana Jones yeah. and his bastard son to walk by for them to pop out of nowhere. It's like, what the? F what's going on here? Yeah, what, I, I, when did they practice the kung fu? Yeah. What? Here's what I was wondering: Are they like on a shift? Like, are they there from nine to five, and then somebody else <laughs> yeah, comes exactly in later, or have they just been there for for decades waiting for somebody? I, I have to assume that it's like they clock in and out because they that's, get tired of just being there. They would have been that sharp. Well, half of them are just asleep in the, but they're like, it's not my time. I'm just going to stay. <laughs> Literally. Exactly what I thought. Like, how did it do they draw straws or is it a shift thing? Are they unionized? What's happening? Yeah. Okay. So Raiders it is. All right. And then I I, I really have a really like soft spot for this movie and it upsets me. It's Jaws versus the color purple. Yeah, this one <laughs> um I think we got into it pretty good in the, the last podcast talking about 
the color purple and, and obviously like we said it's a tough watch but what a powerful movie it is and the performances um so n not by any means to take anything away because what a beautiful film the color purple it is a beautiful film it's a beautiful um, film it absolutely is um and then Jaws. yeah Lawrence Fishburne, Who's, great as a side character. Lawrence Fishburne in the credits is listed as Larry Fishburne. Did you notice that? He changed to, to he was always Larry Fishburne until, I think, The Matrix. Okay. And then he changed to Lawrence. Yeah. But he was, he was always, he was, because he was in um, Apocalypse Now. Right. He I'm was the kid in the house. Yeah. Well, yeah. And in Apocalypse Now, he was 16 years old. He lied. And said he was 18 and like dished high school and went to the Philippines to shoot Apocalypse Now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's balls. Yeah. It's like, didn't they check his passport? I always wonder how these things happened. It's like, nobody check his passport because I'm sure the date on there is correct. But they just... <laughs> like pre 9 11, anything. Like, sure. we. The, the, the original, what became American Idol in England, the first TV show that everything spun off from was called Pop Stars. And it was Simon Cow. Uh, actually, no, Simon Cow wasn't on it. He produced it, but okay. it wasn't Simon Cow. There was other people in it. But they put together a band, a girl. Actually, no, sorry, it wasn't the first series. It was the second or third series, but it was this original show. They put together a girl band, and one of the members of the girl band was too young. Um, she or, said she to be in it legally because it was a contract and she was going to get paid and it was going to be my, oh shut the fuck yeah <laughs> or, <laughs> go on <Yeah. laughs> go on John <laughs> you're too young for pop music yeah um, but yeah she was she was she had to be for, for the TV show purposes the contract she had to be eighteen she was right. uh, she wasn't. She was 16 during the audition. Okay. She turned 17. Uh, and the only reason they caught it, the only reason they caught it is because she had a birthday during the filming and she slipped up. And someone asked her and she was like, oh, how old are you? And she went, 17. And no, she said, uh, yeah, yeah, she was like 17. And then she, and she went, I mean, 19. <laughs> like, literally... What? Whoops! She recorded it. And she was in the final that she was going to be in the the band, and, uh, and it, a couple of seasons later, she actually ended up winning and being in the band. Like when she was on, uh, but like, and that was prime time, like big TV show. It was like a big like, how much money contract? Like, yeah. no one fucking checked shit. They're just like, okay, <laughs> no one cared, you know. And that was in like the late nineties, so okay. So Jaws, yeah? Jaws is still just iconic Spielberg. Um, and just, it's a movie you can always go back to. And, you know, people for, have watched it for a couple generations now and show their kids and, sh you know, it's one of those movies and it will always you know be. You know what I love that will never get old about Jaws? The whole, like, town, like, no, no, no! You can't shut it down. So this girl got eaten. You know, we can't, we can't cancel the the the, the tourist season because we we're making money. I mean, it's just it's so right exactly. I mean, it's just so relevant always. You were just yeah, going on about that. It's always business. relevant. Like nothing's happening. 
I read there was an article about that that said everyone because it's sort of through the ranks the Contagion, the Soderbergh movie. Everyone's watching yeah. that now, which I mean, it's a great movie. It's terrifying. It's even more terrifying now, but it was terrifying yeah. when it came out. So right. and whatever else, but they it was this article and it said that everyone thinks Contagion or like um, Outbreak are the movies of now, the perfectly can. But Jaws, they were like, no, Jaws is the movie of now. Like, yeah. yeah perfectly encapsulates everything that's going on absolutely absolutely it's yeah, like people are dying in the sea yeah. and yeah. all you need to do is not go to the fucking beach and we <laughs> shut down the beach until we get the fucking shark yeah but <laughs> don't understand <laughs> it's so timely i mean i was watching it and i was like what <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's perfectly timely okay yeah. so this is our final four gentlemen et Versus Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade versus Jaws. Ooh. So it's a number two versus a number four and a number seven versus a number one. Who's number one? Oh, Jaws. Jaws. E.T. is two, Raiders is four, and Crusade is seven. Damn. That's a good time. That's a good final four that's a that's a fantastic final four so do we go the west east winners which is et and, and raiders or a south north winner which is last last crusade and jaws where do we go let's go west east since that's the way we've been going yeah et versus raiders I have an easy vote here. Yeah, me too. It's Raiders. It is Raiders. Raiders. It is better. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing down for E.T., lose or not. <laughs> I love that movie. It is, at all the okay. reasons I've said, quintessential Spielberg in so many ways. Um, Genre-defining. Shout out to E.T. Even <laughs> Did any government officials have their face melted? No. I, how could you even possibly vote for that? All I can imagine when you have the showdown is, an, is a crusty Indiana Jones like looking through artifacts and coming across E.T. And yes. just being like, huh, and like punching him in the face and just carrying on raiding the arc. <laughs> That's all I see. <laughs> you took it too far, Sean. <laughs> you, didn't have to, you didn't have to make it ugly. Just was like, fighting words. Those fighting words. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so we have Raiders. All right. All right, Raiders is the West East winner. Um, yeah, what was the, Oh, yeah. Did you guys notice? <laughs> I posted it on Twitter. Um, Mick Mulvaney looked very much like the SS officer from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Did you oh, notice that? I that. <laughs> so I posted when he got fired that like the the officer was like when the face was melting when he got exposed to the arc and he i was like oh mick mulvaney just found out he got fired oh well anyway, <laughs> sidebar okay and now the south north winners um last crusade versus jaws this is uh oh this is another really tough one guys this is really really tough for all the reasons we've said this is tough um, I, mean, I, gotta do, I gotta do. I gotta do one more shout out here. Uh, Please do. Yes. My friend Carrie 
who has been following our, our Instagram and things like that. Um, Kerry commented, uh, I think, on one of our posts recently asking where he could vote, and I believe he did because Jaws is one of his all-time favorite movies. He then okay. sent me a message separately being like, Jaws, it's got to be Jaws, man. So just shout out to Kerry in his favorite movie, Kerry, Jaws. Shout out to you. Not like Anthony with bum-ass hook. What the hell, dude? <laughs> you yeah. owe us all a drink just for suggesting also, that. Hold on. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> we might have one more shout out here if, I, if my memory serves me correctly. Shout out, shout out to my better half, to Gabs, who also, also put Jaws at the top of her list. So shout out to Gabs. Shout out to Gabby. Hi, Gabby. (laughs) Thank you for putting Jaws at the top of the list. (laughs) I love. Did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you a story? My buddy used to have, and and I'm sure he's gonna watch this, or hope he's gonna watch this. My buddy Brian used to have, and he was a marine biologist by by schooling. Mm-hmm. And his family had a house in Narragansett, Rhode Island, which the opening scene in Jaws looks almost like a street that his house is on. Now, that was filmed in Martha's Vineyard, but that notwithstanding, um, he used to throw a party every year called the Goat Jam because his last name in Polish means goat. So we used to call it the Goat Jam. His last name was Kozel. <laughs> and every, we, he, for 10 years straight, every year around Labor Day, he'd have this big party like 50, 60 people would show up during the course of the day and we start partying at noon and party till you pass out, like four in the morning kind of stuff. So one year, uh, uh, there was a girl that came and visited. She was in med school. She was from Arizona. And one of his good friends, Jason, great guy, fun guy to hang out with. He's from Warwick, Rhode Island. And if you don't know anything about Rhode Island, Warwick is, is the place where the accent is so thick that you don't, you know, everything's kind of weird. Like, so there was a friend that I worked with. Her name was Carla Carnarpy. But, like, when I was working in Massachusetts, the announcer was like, Carla Canapi, please dial the operator. Carla Canapi, please dial the operator. And I remember going, Carla, I think that's for you. And she's like, what? No, no it's, not, it's, it's not for me. I was like, no, 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 it is. And then the operator did it two more times. And then she went, she's like, can you believe it was for me? <laughs> I was like, it's for you. Anyway, so... Somehow the conversation's going, and he's talking to uh, Jason, is talking to this girl, Heidi, and he's from Warwick, Rhode Island, thick accent. And he says, Oh, yeah, it's just like in Jaws. <laughs> and so she stops with this look. She's having this conversation, and her face literally just goes like, What's Jaws? And I just freaking bust out laughing because I like, he means Jaws, like, you know, the shark movie. And she's like, Oh, and he gets offended. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Jazz. Jazz. And I'm like, are you saying jars now or jaws? I don't know which one you're saying. <laughs> so anyway, that's my, that's my jaws tangent story right there. Okay. So Last Crusade versus Jaws. Jaws, who wants to go? Sorry, yeah. Andrew, you go. Um, shit, I don't... I'm not sure. Um, all of I, I don't think I need to say too much because we've we've talked we've about all everything. of these. Um, yeah. We know all the reasons why these two movies are so great. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess, and this is uh, this is a tough one. Um, it's not even to say that one movie is better than the other, but because we're doing this and because I have to vote, um, I have to go with Jaws just because. It is the movie that kicked off 
Spielberg's whole career, and we wouldn't have any of the, uh, these other movies without him. Uh, without Jaws, that is. So, mm. tough decision, but I got to go Jaws. No, no, no. I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I mean, if you give me a choice between what movie you want to watch. Oh, yeah. And are you going to watch Jaws? You know, just for like, a, are you going to watch The Last Crusade? I'd probably say The Last Crusade, you know, because The Last Crusade is one of those, somebody put up with all this COVID stuff on, on Facebook, and I thought it was a fun thing. They said, uh, post the five movies that you could watch over and over and over again, and it's it doesn't matter because when it comes on, you'll sit down and watch it anyway. The Last Crusade is one of those movies, you know. Jaws, you kind of almost got to be in a mood. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jaws is not like a happy-go-lucky. Like, Trading Places. I'll watch that any, any day of the week, you know. Uh, um, Groundhog uh, Day. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I'll watch that any day of the week. Because, you know, they're, light, they're lighthearted. They're silly. But like you said, there's the whole... The summer blockbuster was basically invented by Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... It, I mean I, I, and and again, the performances, the individual performances were pretty damn good. I yeah. thought, I thought the scene where the woman walks up to Roy Scheider to 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 the chief and slaps him and says, "You knew about the girl that got killed," and you said that was a little. That was that was the only like really part of the movie that like kind of pulled me out of it because I was like, "Well, this is kind of schlocky," you know, like that woman's performance. Yeah, that actress's performance. But other than that, everybody was right on. Robert Shaw was fantastic. Dreyfus was fantastic. Scheider was fantastic. Uh, I, I I forget the actress's name who played his wife. She was good. You know, the kids were good. The mayor was great. I thought the mayor was fantastic. Yeah. That. Uh, like I said, Indiana Jones. So many. So much of it was. India, the Last Crusade to me is almost a perfect movie. Like I can find almost nothing about it that was just like that I'd go like, oh, this is so cheesy. Yeah, and it sets itself up so well. You forget that we've lived with him for two movies, so we think, but because of the way that they open it with the ultimate prequel, well, that's right. Um, and we haven't seen his father in the other movies you can watch The Last Crusade in isolation without having seen the other two. Yes. And it doesn't matter. It does teach you everything you need to know. Right. In That's right. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. River Phoenix was just magnificent in that opening. Like he... Oh, yeah. The mannerisms of Harrison Ford, he had him down. Like, even the way, like, he ran down, like, you know how Harrison Ford, like, when stuff would happen, he's kind of gangly and trying not to fall down as opposed to looking super athletic when he runs. He had that down. Like, all of the all of the indignation of Harrison Ford, all of it was just, like, so good. Um, there was that stupid movie with uh, Zac Efron and, and, and what's his name? Matthew from Friends. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Oh, 13. No, 13. Um, 13 again. 17 again, yeah. 17 again. And he had the dude cold 
hat, like like all of his reactions, everything was right on. And River Phoenix kind of like did this so perfectly with Harrison Ford. <sighs> all of it, like even that like, like little tease in the beginning with with Sean Connery he says, "Count to ten in Greek." There's nothing in in the Last Crusade that I'll point to and be like, "Well, this is bad." You know, even when it was schlocky, it was funny and worked. Like the whole thing with the librarian, like slamming the stamp while he's like busting the thing open. And he's just kind of like, you know, like, well, how daft are you that you're just like looking at the stamp and it's making all that noise? You know, even that's just like, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You look at this, we're pulling one over kind of stuff. And all of that being said, I, I have, I have to give it to Jaws. I have to give it to Jaws. <laughs> it sounds I mean, like you're telling someone, someone's family that they're not going to make it. <laughs> I know. I just, wait, you don't understand. The Last Crusade is one of my all-time favorite movies. It really, really is. I mean, there are a few movies that just evoke that kind of just like. Like I said, I'll I'll sit down and watch it in a Footlocker, you know, if they have it on the screen. It's it's I just think it's it's like it's just about the perfect move. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Jaws wins. I, Sean, why don't you give us a a a, a yeah a conclusion? I, what I, who you I, voted for? I agree. I voted for Jaws as well, and it's and Indiana Jones is my favorite thing, you know, character franchise, whatever. But Jaws is one of my favorite movies. Um, I. Yeah, and at different points of my life, maybe my favorite movie. It, 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 it's so, again, you again go back to the director and we're talking about Spielberg and this whole thing, what, he's, what he did with that. I mean, Last Crusade, it's a brilliant movie, but he, he honed something he'd already worked on a lot and he perfected mm. it. Jaws is just a great example of an auteur just making it. Like I said, the, the, the novel, which is a really good book, so different. Yeah. It's, it's set in Long Island, set yeah. in New York. It's not set up, it's set in, with New Yorkers, and it's set in the early 60s, late 50s, early 60s in Long Island, New York. How incredibly different that movie would be if it was a period piece set right. in New York. Like, um, and it's about infidelity. It's not, the shark is like, eh, it's more about infidelity. Um, very different. And the fact that on the fly, the whole movie completely changed. It was going to be animatronic sharks all the way through that movie. Was it going to be the plan? <clears throat> that was what sold it. They were like, he's got these animatronic sharks and it's going to be incredible. And no one thought to test the fucking things in water. <laughs> like, that's what I, they were like, oh, fuck. Like, this don't work. Like, they turned up and was like, oh, it's not working. Oh, products don't work in water. That's weird. I'm glad they're going to that. And they, so they had to rig it last minute to try and make it work in water and it looked awful they're like this looks terrible it looks like a fucking sausage <laughs> like this does not is not terrifying so in pre-production he had to turn around to john williams who was no one at the time and say right. john you need to make me a shark like we don't have a shark and i sold this movie because of the shark you need to make me a shark he's like okay and he yeah. went and he made that he did do that all of it all of it came together and you know you bring up a great point the fact that this is his like first movie 
and what it accomplished with the first movie compared to where he was in terms of being polished by the time The Last Crusade came out. Yeah. Because The Last Crusade is, what, 89, and Jaws is 75. So you're talking 14 years later. He's at this point have, you know, Lucas has got, you know, uh, 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 industrial light and magic, you know, all, he's got all these resources at his hands. I, I think the personally, I think The Last Crusade is a better movie for me than Jaws. Like, I'd rather watch Last Crusade than Jaws. But yeah. in terms of what's it means and what's a better movie, I... I, 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 I yeah, we've Jaws. now gotten into the territory of it's not... We have to weigh which movie maybe we like more and or which movie objectively is better. And then it gets real tricky. It's like, am I, am I leaning one way just because I personally yeah. enjoy it more or am I being objective and it's a better, you know, so we're kind of in this weird. Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. We're, we're, we're right. We're, we're very much straddling the line of subjective and objective at this point. And it's hard. What's hard about in this tournament, cause you know, what's coming up yeah. is I, I have no problem with giving it to Jaws. Cause I'm like, yeah, we're going to go up against Raiders in the final. So it's fine. So we can just write this wrong in the final, but also worth noting Spielberg was 27 when he made Jaws. Like twenty seven, get that cast, a twenty seven year old director, basically yeah. first time directing Roy Scheider, yeah. Shaw, like, yeah. Can you yeah. Remember all the drama that? behind the scenes? I mean, they were that that production was a disaster. Yeah, and you've got this kid who no one knows who's holding it all together. This Jewish kid that no one's ever heard of making yeah. this shark movie. They're like, it's yeah. kind of crazy. So that brings us. So those those are our two finalists: Raiders of the Lost Ark versus Jaws. Hmm. I mean, if this is a double feature in a movie theater, I'm going to see it. Absolutely. You know, how do you not have that? As long as Jaws two isn't part of the feature. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. I want Jaws four with Mario Van Peebles. That's the one that I want. Oh, is that The Revenge with Michael Caine? Jaws, wasn't that with Michael Caine, Jaws in Paradise or something like that? Jaws in Revenge. Hello, Michael hello. I'm Michael Caine, and I'm here to tell you that you never take your clothes off in front of a camera because it's not part of the story. Oh, sorry. All right. Um. <laughs> Michael Caine's got a great quote with Jaws for The Revenge. It was never called Jaws 4. It was Jaws The Revenge because Jaws 3D uh -huh. has been such a flop. Although I kind of like Jaws 3D. It's kind of ridiculous but someone asked him years later they said michael have you have you ever seen jaws 4 and he said no but i have seen the house they bought me in the bahamas <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you go wrong with that answer you can't yeah yeah, yeah. okay all right so raiders of the lost ark our west east winner versus jaws our south North winner. It, to me, equally hard. They're both genre-defying, right? Yeah. Jaws was a summer blockbuster, and Raiders of the Lost Ark was just... I mean, I, I know there must have been a ton of productions that tried to mimic Raiders of the Lost Ark, and like I said, Mummy came the closest. Mummy and Mummy 2. Or the Mummy Returns, whatever it was. I think it's very telling off the bat that 
the biggest downfall of Spielberg in what we said with Crystal Skull is the one thing until just now, the one thing he never wanted to let go of was Indiana Jones. Whereas he did not give a fuck about Jaws. <laughs> like, yeah, that franchise. But, but he, simply because my guess is because Jaws was, he probably freaking almost had a heart attack doing Jaws yeah. because, you know, backstage it was an absolute disaster. Whereas he had fun hanging out with George's pal and Harrison Ford and being in exotic locales and just shooting great stuff, you know? So that's probably why why he just didn't give a crap about Jaws. He yeah. created, basically created it. It's really the only thing he did that he made to the best of my knowledge. Like, he, he's not a writer, but between him and Lucas, they yeah. created Indiana Jones. He did write Close Encounters. That's why it's so bad. Oh. He's terrible. <laughs> yeah, everybody's terrible right. writer. I think that's the he's only movie. And E.T. Did he write E.T. too? He might have had like a, a credit on there, but he wasn't. Oh, like stop, the stop, writer. stop defending E.T. He was terrible. <laughs> E.T. is a great film. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Raiders versus Jaws. Wow. I, Jaws is the movie he makes so he then can make Raiders. Like, I feel like Raiders is the movie he always wanted to make. I don't know. Like, that's the movie he earned Raiders by doing Jaws. Um, yeah, I mean... This is a tough one. You know what I also found interesting about it? With the exception of Tom Hanks, it seems like whenever he works with an actor, he works with them for two movies and that's it. Hmm? Because he did, he did Close Encounters and Jaws with, with Dreyfus. Yeah. He did War of the Worlds and Minority Report with Cruz. You know? Oh, Harrison Ford. Yes, Harrison Ford is the exception. Did him and... They didn't do another movie, him and Top Cruise? I guess that was it, huh? Did they? No, that might have been it. I, for, I don't know why I'm thinking they might have done another one, but no. Because with Hanks, he did like... He, I think he's supposed to do something else with Hanks now, and it'd be like but they're working his, on one right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, his fifth or sixth movie with Hanks. Yeah, yeah, cause he had a, he had quite a run with him because he did. Didn't he do two with um, Liam Neeson, or am I mistaken? Was it just Schindler's List? Just Schindler's. Yeah, I think it's just that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So much for my theories. What do I know? With Hanks, he's done because he did Bridge of Spies and The Post. Mm -hmm. Back to back. Yeah, Bridge of Spies, Post, Catch Me If You Can, Terminal. 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 Yeah. Yeah, four. Yeah. All right, boys. Who's going to take this? Who's going to run with this? I'll start us off. I got to, again, this goes back to everything we just said. Not an easy decision. And it does not even that one is better than the other. Right. Um, because of what Jaws means, because of it creating the summer blockbuster, because we would have none of these Spielberg movies, most likely, had it not been for Jaws. I got to go with Jaws. See, I, I don't disagree with your <laughs> argument at all about that. However, at the same time, Raiders of the Lost Ark was like the family adventure film. Oh, yeah. You know, like back in the day, they had the, the, the Tarzan movies, 
the Swiss Family Robinson, that kind of stuff. And those were all, like like I said, big adventures. Of course, all the John Wayne, uh, cowboy westerns, whatever. But, I mean, having been old enough to see it in the movies when it came out, the universal appeal this movie held cannot be understated. Like, Star Wars was like a thing, but Star Wars was a thing for nerds and kids, like when it came out. Like, unless you're a nerd or a kid, adults, they didn't give a shit about Star Wars. I mean, honestly, like, I, I, I think my parents still haven't seen any Star No, I, I lie. My father saw the first Star Wars. He took my brother to the movies. He didn't take me. Made a son of a bitch rot in hell forever when he croaks because he said I was too young. But that being said, um, it, it, Raiders of the Lost Ark, everybody wanted to see. Parents, grandparents, uncles, kids, everybody went to see. It, it was like, I never met a person who like watched Raiders of the Lost Ark and said like, oh, what crap. Never. You know, it's like, that's why this one is particularly hard for me. Like you said, it's like Jaws, the summer blockbuster, like just move a movie, a movie as, as a pop culture event is basically what Jaws is. Movies were great, you know, and the, and the pop culture event that I can think of about movies was James Bond. Mm -hmm. Like that was a universal appeal, right? Cause it was like hot chicks, Sexy cars, danger, spy stuff, gadgets. Boom. That's universal appeal. Everybody loves it all across the planet. That's why that worked. Star Wars it, nowadays is like, oh, the phenomenon of Star Wars. People like used to crap on you if you want. Like that was just a nerd thing. Mm. Like literally, like nobody but nerds used to go see Star Wars. And kids. That was it. Um but Raiders, everyone see Raiders, man. Everybody went to see Raiders. It's because it had such cross appeal. Because even though the scenes were scary at the end, when when the Nazis were melting, you know your girlfriend would go see it with you. Your girlfriend might not go see Jaws with you because she'd be terrified for a week and have nightmares. <laughs> so I mean. And, but interestingly enough, I mean, my argument is disproven by the fact that Jaws made the most money out of all of these. Yeah. You know. I mean, cultural impact, you can't argue. Jaws is, it, it, it's, un, it's unfathomable, the influence that's had. Just for the, the species of sharks. Like, <laughs> sharks are one of the longest living species in the world that's still around yeah. fucking prehistoric creatures yet almost you i can hardly find anyone on the planet earth who isn't somehow influenced by jaws when you think of shark everything well, I mean, the, shark. The, the negative thing was and the author of the book wrote about it is the fact that right afterwards they started killing great whites like freaking popping m&ms it was just insane mm -hmm. and he was just horrified that this was a result of his book. And he was like, and he did a screenplay for the movie too. And he was like, this is not what this, this is not what I wanted to happen. And he was, he was literally horrified that this was happening, that sharks were being basically hunted to extermination because of his freaking movie. Believes it. The whole point of the original thing is that this is so unbelievable. This is right. a renegade shark who is right. going to 
everything sharks do, and that's why it's so unpredictable. They bring right. the sharks, and it's like, this would never happen. This right. is, yeah, it rewrote all of that. And then yeah. suddenly everyone sees sharks, great whites as bloodthirsty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fascinating. All right, well, I mean, <coughs> but, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to influence you the other way. It is Raiders. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I'm worried because uh, I mean, you were going for Raiders, and then I was worried I was going to talk you off it. Boom! Tiebreaker, Tomo. I, I, I. Oh, so, so, Sean, you have already, you, you already said it's Raiders. Yeah. For me, it's so I'm tiebreaker. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like I said, this is so, so, so hard, and I'm trying really hard not to given to the subjective and I mean, and the other thing is I really enjoy Roy Scheider's work. I thought he was a great, great actor. Um, I think he, in the pantheon of Hollywood actors, I don't think he gets enough credit. Mm. Especially considering the marathon man, he was in that with <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Um, all that jazz is actually my favorite. Movie. All that jazz. I loved all that jazz as a kid, as a kid. I love that. You know, when, Half of the subject matter didn't. I didn't know it, but I still loved it. You know. Um, yeah. I do already want a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is all right. All right. I just have to. I just have to do it. Like I. I always want to just close my eyes and put my pencil on one and pick one. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna go with Raiders. I'm going to go with Raiders because, because like I said, I know the stuff that he accomplished, like what happened with Jaws. Raiders was only six years later. And again, considering what Raiders did, it took the magnifying lens off of Star Wars, like almost completely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's what made Harrison Ford a bonafide star. Because mm-hmm. after, after, particularly after Temple of Doom, he like went off and like made Witness, and and um, so many of the other films. I'm trying to think. Uh, Presumed Innocent, all you know, all of those like, you know, great movies, and he was just a great actor in all of those. Um, no, not Presumed, Presumed Innocent. Yeah, Presumed Innocent. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have to go with Raiders. Made hit, like, it's the movie that made the guy who was the best character in the most sensational, popular movie ever made, it being Star Wars, decide he didn't want anything to do with it. Like, he right. had to get a jail-free card. Like, he was in the biggest franchise of all time, and he was the coolest character, and he was like, eh, not so much with this shit. <laughs> you know what I'm glad you bring that up because now it just makes me think he was also and that's part of the appeal I guess he was also in the other iconic sci-fi movie of all times which believes Close Encounters in the Dust if you ask me Blade Runner yeah Blade yeah. Runner yeah. No, I mean it's not a Spielberg movie it's not about Harrison Ford it's about Spielberg but I, I just give Raiders just that much of an edge over Jaws. Yeah, it's. I think no matter where we went, it was a, it was a, it was a difficult decision, but it was a good win. 
I mean, Jaws and Jaws and Raiders in the top two. That's pretty good. And I think for for the three of us, we couldn't have gotten a a closer call. You know, it's not like no. it's not like ET was in there. I know one of us hates ET. I don't know why because it's a great film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, we really, I think it, it came down to the wire on that. Um, it, it really I did. Think, I, really, I, I don't think any of us would be mad with whatever the decision ended up being. No, 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 no. I mean, no. if Jaws, if I picked Jaws, I wouldn't be upset with Jaws. Like I said, it, it's kind of like The Last Crusade versus Jurassic Park. I'm not mad about either of those. It's not like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull versus the Lost World Jurassic Park. I'm mad no matter which one goes on because they're both <laughs> shit movies, you yeah, know? Yeah. But uh, Last Crusade versus Jurassic Park and then Raiders versus Jaws. I mean, it's, it's almost, I, I know it's all the same director, but it's almost unfair for Jaws to go up against the color purple. Yeah. You know, because yeah, they're such completely different genres, oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. It'd be like Schindler's List going up against... I don't know, Saturday Night Fever. You know, I mean, it's like, wait a minute, what? Why, why is, how are these two in the same category? It, it's just like, it doesn't make, it disco doesn't or Holocaust, disco or Holocaust. <laughs> Holocaust disco. But again, that's just a testament to. Is that a fog machine? I don't know. No, no, no. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I gotta say, what I was gonna say, it, it, it's just a testament to Spielberg, though, yeah. right? He's such a versatile director. I mean, it's, it's amazing yeah. to see the the different stories he's made. I, I almost I mean, like, go go ahead. No, go go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. I was just gonna say, I feel like Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, and The Color Purple are are kind of their own chunk of movies that he made. Um, yeah. Not that, and even if after you take them out and you look at his his body of work, there's still a lot of versatility within there. But those were like, I feel those were three movies that he was like, I need to make these. Like I can't, I can't continue doing what I'm doing until I've made. You know what I mean? I kind of got a feeling like it seems like he made they're them very important for films. America, as opposed for himself. It's like he made them for yeah, yes, yeah. yes. They were f exactly like those weren't for him. They were for like the greater good. There were stories that needed to be told in some way. So, so I just pulled up real quickly, just so, so we recap it because of, because of the tournament and Spielberg movies. These are some of the movies that didn't make the list because uh, yeah. um, they were below the top 16. So number 29 is Empire of the Sun. Good movie. The Introduction of Batman. Mm -hmm. uh, Big Friendly Giant is number 28. I know you're upset you didn't get to see that, Sean. Uh, Munich is 27. Hmm. Munich is like universally lauded as one of his better movies, actually. Amistad is 26. Uh, the Bridge of Spies is 25. The Post is 24. The Adventures of Tintin is 23. Hmm. Always is 22. Oh, I guess he worked with Richard Dreyfuss again. I, yeah, it was I a comedy. Yeah. War Horse is 21. Oh. I came out in 2011. What the hell was that? It was a movie about a horse in uh, World War One. War. Thanks, Andrew. That's very helpful. <laughs> no, I'll shit you not. That's, that's not even me breaking your balls. That's what it's about. Yeah. Okay. The Terminal was number 20. 1941 was number 19. I keep on forgetting about that. 
Is that the I one with John Belushi? Is that the comedy? Yeah, yeah. it was an absolute d- disaster. That was a cute bomb. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about and that. it made more money than the Terminal. And War Horse, which is and War Horse probably is a better true. war movie. And number 18, Sean, AI, Artificial Intelligence. Great movie. The uh, it, I feel like the only re- I don't know if this is the money it took, not like the outgoing amount of money at the end. How does this work? Because no, 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 no. This is all uh, uh, gross. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, and Schindler's, and Schindler's List was seventeen. It just missed the Sweet Sixteen. Hmm. AI is worth watching. You should both go watch it. It's, it's a very interesting movie. It gets it, it. It's it's like so many different movies. It has to be his longest movie. It's so long that movie. But it's AI? good. But all it, his movies are two plus hours, just about. I think Hook was like, or you said Hook was two twenty, Andrew. Two twenty two, I think, is what it was. AI feels like it's three. It's a long movie. <laughs> Tomo, what was be really good if it feels that way? What was the last <laughs> one, Tomo? What's that? What was after AI? After AI was Schindler's List. What about Ready? Oh, okay. Did make the list at least when this article was printed. I really so how about that movie Have you all right folks so there we go there's our winner the best according to us the best spielberg movie ever is raiders of the lost ark which barely edged out jaw jaws if you will <laughs> jason that's for you um all right and now how about the review of our brooklyn lager what do we think gentlemen 5.2 percent lager by the brooklyn brewery Good beer. I enjoyed the beer a lot. I forgot actually how much I like this beer. This was the last one I had out of the pack because okay. I, in my head I was like, "Oh, it's the boring one," but it, it it's a it's a really nice. I personally really like this beer. I think I personally prefer it to Sam Adams. Um, oh, okay. Maybe it's just a nostalgia is maybe the wrong word, but there's like memory attached to it because I remember I remember sitting down in a pub in London. Okay. What, killing time for an audition or something. This was probably about 10 years ago. Um, <clears throat> and I I was going to have a pint. As In England, you always have a pint of something like on draft. And right. for whatever reason, they didn't have... I, I drank Guinness. That was pretty much all I drank at the time. I was like, oh, they didn't have Guinness. And there was something weird. And the only things they had in draft was like beer I knew I did not like. It was like Foster's. And like, I was like, oh. And this, uh, I said to Moscow, well, what's good? He's like, we have bottles. And I was like, bottles? Ugh. He was like, yeah, we've got this Brooklyn beer. It's really nice from America. And I was like, what is it? He's like, it's a lager. They call it a lager, but it's not really a lager. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I sat down and I got this bottle. And I was like, this can be like Budweiser. Oh, fuck it. And I remember drinking it. And to drink this beer and be English and be expecting lager, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I never tasted <laughs> anything like it. I was, it was before I tasted any IPA. This was like pre-IPA. Right, right, right. Because um, this was like the only beer they had at the time. They were still a very small. It's like 10 years ago. And I remember it blew me away. I was like, this is a fucking... This, it tasted so strong, so hoppy. I was yeah, just yeah, yeah. Lager, like Foster's, Carling. It's so bland. Yeah. Um, I was like, wow. So... I'm a big fan of this beer. I think it's very good. I could drink. Okay. So, what do you give it? I give it a uh, 4.5. What? Seriously? Yeah. Wow. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I think it's a nice beer. Uh, again, the yardstick, if you're at a barbecue and all they have is this beer, would you be happy? I'd be perfectly happy with drinking this beer all day long. Like I said, I prefer the Boston Lager from Sam Adams to this one. Um, but it's it's very it's one of these things with, with the uh, uh, brewers uh, when they do it they all want to go IPA they all want to make something fancy because quote unquote lagers are too simple to make yet it's so hard to make one that's good you know um, and I think that's one of the reasons why they avoid it because it's real easy to screw up even though it's easy to make um, as Proved by Coors, Coors Light, Bud Light, Bud, Michelob, PBR, name whatever other shit beer you can think of that's in the U.S., Bush, whatever. Um, I still, I, I give this a 3.7. I give this one. Nice. Andrew? Oh, I, um, I'm a fan, you know. Uh, I, I agree with everything, Sean, I agree with everything you said. I think about it being a, it's a lager, but it's not, like you said, it's it's got a little bit more hoppiness going on and everything. Um, I I would take this over the Sam Adams too. Uh, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a terribly big fan of Sam Adams lager. It's fine, it's good, but I take this any day over it. Um, it doesn't, you know, of the of the pack, you know, uh, Sean and I both bought a similar uh, variety pack of some of the different Brooklyn beers. Um, uh-huh. I take some of the other ones over this, though. As good as this is, it's just kind of a go-to. I would still take some of the other ones. Um, the sour beer we had from, from Brooklyn Brewery that we did on the last show, probably take that over this, actually. Really? Which that I gave a four. Okay. So I'm going to... I'm going to give this, and I like it very much. So, uh, but with that, if that was a four, I'm going to give this like a three, eight. Okay. All right. Three, eight. All right. So there you go, folks. Uh, the Brooklyn Lager grades go from 4.5 from Sean, 3.8 Andrew, and 3.7 me. And we have our favorite Spielberg movie. What, well, not our favorite. What we think is the best Spielberg movie. There's a, there's a slight distinction there. And it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Lost out narrowly, or one, beat out narrowly, Jaws. I guess that's it for this episode, folks. Anything else you guys want to say? Any more shout-outs? Anything to anybody? Anyone? Anyone? I feel like we should play out the episode with the Raiders march. I feel like that's like... Ooh. I might have what? to do that. Or it could be any, any John Williams... Anything from any of these. I just feel like it's a great oh, idea. Like a I, funeral. I, I'd like to die to the Raiders March. I think that'd be a nice funeral as you're leaving. That is nice. You know what? Have you guys, either of you guys heard of Richard Cheese? Hmm. Yes. From I, a long time ago. The right. Name- Richard, Cheese, Richard Cheese is a fantastic uh, uh, a singer. And he has his band Lounge Against the Machine and they take all sorts of popular music and Yes, get lounge music, and they do a great uh, Empire March. And I think they might have like a Raiders. I'll see if they have one of those, and see if I can like <laughs> just like borrow it for like thirty seconds and play it on the end of this episode. So, all right, folks. Well, for now, in sequestration, this is our new normal. 
We hope you enjoy looking at our faces for like an hour plus, or <laughs> I think the last episode was almost two hours. So it's almost like a Spielberg movie, really. Um, so anyway, thanks folks for tuning in. We enjoy your continued support. Uh, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, listen to us on SoundCloud. Subscribe wherever you get your uh, um, podcasts. And now find us on a YouTube channel, huh? What do you guys think? Yes, sir. Tell people, yeah. Go ahead, do it. We already voted for the movie. We did it. We did all the hard Spielberg work for you. Come on, people. Oh, you know what? Before I go, um, we didn't get the full... Uh, you want to read your tallies? The, the couple of uh, uh, best votes? We had a hook and a jaws, right? Yes. Yes, I had a hook in a jaws. <clears throat> so this is this is just a real quick aside. Um, our initial first round votes: eighty-three percent voted for ET, eighty percent voted for Temple of Doom, seventy-five percent for The Last Crusade, sixty-six percent for the for Jurassic Park. These are all winners. I'm just giving. Sixty-six um, percent for the Lost World Jurassic Park, seventy-two percent for Raiders. How do you not vote Raiders Unanimous? People voted Catch Me If You Can over Raiders. What the hell? What the hell, people? What the hell? And then uh, 72% Jaws, believe it or not. 28% voted for Minority Report. And Close Encounters and Color Purple were 50-50, which I find appalling, but it is what it is. There's some racists. <laughs> Damn, I love me some aliens. <laughs> and on that note, folks, thanks for tuning in. See you guys next time.